All right, uh, we want to welcome you to the inaugural podcast of Piazza Parlor. I'm Xavier Alatori. And I'm Aron Delgado. And yeah, inaugural, guess, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, yesterday was supposed to be our first uh, podcast, and we we're hopefully going to have it up today, but someone forgot <clears throat> to <laughs> save. Uh, well, who doesn't? Someone doesn't know how to save. Uh, Someone audio. doesn't know how to podcast. Uh, yeah, there's that. Someone doesn't know how to podcast. So, anyways, this is the redo, and we more or less have a better idea of what we're doing and how we're going to do it. Yeah, I um, feel it's actually kind of a good thing, because this way, you know, we kind of already have our stride, even though it's our technically first yeah, podcast. That's, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, uh, we'll just jump straight into it. Um, just a little bit of background info about me. Um, I no one am, cares about you, bro. <laughs> you know, some people might. Some people might. Well, just to kind of give our credentials as to uh, why we're doing this podcast and why people should listen to it. Because we're bored. Well, yeah, one, we're bored, and um, you know, it's just there really aren't any Dodger podcasts out there. I mean, there are some baseball podcasts that you, you know we listen to. There's Behind the Dish. There's Productive Outs. Um, but Aside from that, there's really no Dodger podcast that has kind of gained traction that we know of. Um, but me, I'm a big baseball fan. I love the Dodgers. Uh, I've been following the Dodgers religiously since probably about the 2008 season. Um, and it wasn't until about maybe two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, is when I really started to get into sabermetrics and it just kind of opened up a whole new door into uh, appreciating baseball. How about you, man? Uh, well, same here pretty much for most of it. Just been a Dodger fan all my life. Uh, I remember my dad and my mom taking me to Dodger games for, I mean, they they were taking me before I could even talk probably. So, you know, Dodgers have been in my life for all my life. And uh, started really, really getting into it and around the same time probably as you um, yes, uh, one thing that really helped with the keeping up with everything was definitely the internet so once I discovered hey there's other people on the internet that like baseball uh, it was just like Pandora's box from there yeah and I think that's that's definitely uh, one of the things that helped me too is that I mean you know whereas before uh, growing up if your friends didn't really like baseball there was really no one to uh, appreciate the game with and you know now that you have a whole community of 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 baseball lovers i mean especially people that love the dodgers on the internet um you know it's it's almost like you're watching and appreciating the game with people you may not know in person but i mean you get to know their personality through their their um whatever it is their blog their twitter or whatever Absolutely. Before that, it was pretty much just your general friends and, you know, though your fans who are more interested in Bud Light than who's pitching. <laughs> yeah. And so with that, hopefully uh, this podcast can become uh, a part of that community. And, you know, any baseball and Dodger lovers out there, um, you know, hopefully this becomes uh, one of the things you check up on weekly along with uh, some of the blogs you may read or some of the news you may hear. So with that, um, 
about the podcast. Uh, we're going to be calling this thing Piazza Parlor. Uh, we were trying to come up with a name for it, and uh, one of the things we came up with uh, was Lasorda's Ravine, but I believe you made mention that there's a, a Lasorda's Lair. Yeah, something like that. So then there was a Puig's Die, which seemed a little easy, but then a Piazza Parlor seemed to fit. Ah, uh, yeah. Once we agreed on that, I immediately imagined Mike Piazza's face on a pizza. <laughs> Mike Piazza's face as pepperoni. <laughs> you know, I was thinking of doing that, but I was going to take too much work. <laughs> it's then, perfect, man. It's perfect. I mean, personally, Piazza has always been my all-time greatest, most favorite, not only Dodger, but player. And yeah, I'm sure there's some controversy surrounding that sort of bold statement that I just made. But you know what? He was the best player the Dodgers had at the time, and he was also the biggest mistake the Dodgers have made. I'm going to go ahead and say ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that that's definitely uh, an arguable statement. I mean, there's also Oral Hershiser that can, uh, you know, you could also make an argument for that as well. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, um, the Bulldog. You know, I don't think the Dodgers have had really a power-hitting catcher like Piazza. I mean, I think maybe... Paul LaDuca came close, but, um, and Russell Martin when he was healthy, but, I mean, neither one. He just couldn't touch, man. Couldn't touch him. Best hitting catcher ever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, yeah, I mean, ever. Not just on the Dodgers, but ever. So, Um, I think it's fitting to name ourselves after the Dodgers' biggest mistake in hopes that they don't make another one. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, let's not forget how iconic uh, Mike Piazza is. I mean, I think most people remember him as a Dodger rather than as a New York Met. Well, we say that, but (laughs) I'm sure the people in New York have a completely different opinion about that. Well, New York can suck it. (laughs) No. No. There's Dodger (laughs) fans over there. Uh, Okay, okay. Not all of New York. (laughs) Um, Mike Petriello, if you catch wind of this, this doesn't apply to you. He's never going to listen to this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyways, um, moving on. My, moving on. Um, so, yeah, that's a little thing about the name. Uh, the format of this podcast is going to follow somewhat simple format. Uh, we're going to have something called the uh, appetizers. Appetizers. will be kind of just like a, a game recap. of If there's a game when we're recording, we'll recap the game. Um, we're going to try to keep this as a weekly podcast. So we'll recap the uh, series and the games that the Dodgers have played throughout the week. Um, follow that up with our main dishes, which will be uh, well, the main topics we'll go over. Um, you know, there's going to be a blog following, uh, going along with the podcast as well, that I will try to update regularly, and hopefully you do too. But um, yeah, the uh, the blog post, the the main dishes will tie into the blog posts, and you know we'll discuss those topics a little more in depth, and then follow that up with uh, dessert and desserts. Mm, dessert. Dessert. Mm, dessert. Um, but yeah, it'll mostly be news in the National League West, um, since that's the those are the games that affect the Dodgers the most, especially now as we head into September. Um, it's baseball news in general, and any kind of rant or commentary that you and I, you or I, might have. Uh, so yeah, so without further ado, let's jump right into it. The main dish. Um, so yeah. Uh, Dodgers lost today. <laughs> Not yet, did they? Is it done already? Uh, I believe. Uh, according to my game day, it's still going. What inning is it right now? It's 2 6. Let's see, let me take a look. 
here. Yeah. Punto's up, apparently. Oh, Punto. Unless, unless my game day is really behind, I have no idea. Let's see. Um, yeah, top nine, Dodgers down, 2-3. Which is unfortunate because um, Zach Greinke pitched a hell of a game yesterday. Um, you know, he was throwing a shutout into, what, the ninth inning, I believe? Yes, In, into the last two outs. Two outs, two strikes. <laughs> Literally could have had one. If that one pitch had gone his way, it would have been over. Yeah, so, I mean, the uh, Dodgers won yesterday. Great, great game. Yeah, they're, they're losing today. And it's funny um, that, you know, they lose today and Kershaw pitching. How many innings did he go? Six innings? Uh, five and a third, maybe. Yeah, five and a third innings and gave up. Two runs. Two runs. I mean, a pitch any pitcher would love to go five innings and give up only two runs. Not only that, but struck out nine in those five innings. Yeah, that's 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 the kind of pitcher Kershaw is. He goes five <laughs> and a third innings, strikes out nine, gives up two runs, and he's struggling. And that's yeah, that's exactly what I said on Twitter. Uh, it's amazing that we consider that a disappointing game. Yeah, I mean, Kershaw. I think his last the last game he pitched, one of the last games he pitched was in Miami. Um, I mean, he pitched eight innings and gave up three runs, and that's struggling. I mean, we're so used to seeing, you know, this domination. Yeah, this phenomenal pitcher on the mound that it's 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 difficult to imagine anything other than a superb outing. Absolutely, it just just blew my mind that he was getting taken out of the game. I I can't remember the last time I saw him taken out of the game mid inning. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, it, it, that's fine. I'm fine with that. I mean, we're, we're heading into September, and baseball's about to get really heavy right now. And, you know, I mean, the Dodgers are projected to go into the postseason. So um, why why have them struggling out there? Why have them throw more pitches? You know, pull them out. Yeah, he was already in the hundreds already. It was just there was no point in letting him continue. Which is funny because um, – Going five innings, he's never. I mean, he usually doesn't hit hundred until about maybe seven or eight innings, and you know it's almost as if Granky and Kershaw's roles were reversed because I believe going into the seventh or eighth inning, Granky was barely at seventy pitches. I mean, that's about ten pitches an inning, which is unbelievable. Yeah. So I mean, it's nice to have you know Granky get up to that level. Um, you know. I see this outing as just a fluke from Kershaw, as most other Dodger fans do. Um, and so, you know, when you have your number one and number two pitchers pitching games like that, I mean, it, it, it's 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 awesome. It really is awesome, and it's, it's a delight to see. Yeah, things are going to be okay. Um, just speaking, uh, breaking news, though. Uh, Carl Crawford just walked, and Yasiel Puig up to bat, two outs, bottom of the ninth. So, uh, yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let, let's see what happens. I mean, Puig has definitely had his uh, moments where he's pulled through, but, you know, that young, brash side of him definitely tends to show itself. Um, so Yeah, especially under pressure, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but since we're on the subject of Kershaw... Um, let's get into our main topic of the day. <laughs> Kershaw is good. Yes, he he's, is great. Yeah, he's he's really really great. Um, he's probably the heavy favorite to win the Cy Young this year. 
the National League Cy Young, and uh, if he keeps it up, he'll most likely win the National League MVP award as well. Um, right now, uh, so far in this season, Kershaw is looking at a 1.72 ERA, which is historically good. It's the best ERA in all of baseball. Um, I'm personally not a fan of ERA, but um, even any sabermetrician, anybody that looks in the advanced statistics will tell you that that low of an ERA is great. Um, it, it's a flawed stat, but it's it's just even for a flawed stat, that's great. <laughs> you know, his peripherals are definitely good. His uh, field independent pitching is 2.39. I mean, I believe he also has a walks per um, walks and hits per inning is less than one. So per inning, he is getting less than one walk and one hit. His uh, walks per hit, walks and hits per inning pitched is 0.86, meaning that you know, it takes about two innings before somebody gets a walk or a hit. Except for today. Except for today, which is just <laughs> a fluke. But, you know, a batting average against Kershaw is 180. Um, you know, I mean, I can go on and on about how good he is. Um, and I think, the, the, I think the world is catching on. I mean, with all the – it seems just about every day now some website is posting something about how great Kershaw is. And it's not just – the Dodger websites anymore. It's like all the sport sports websites. Yeah, I mean, you can't go onto any news outlet, a sports news outlet, um, and not hear about Kershaw. And unfortunately, um, Matt Harvey has been shut down for the rest of the season with a partial torn UCL. Rest in peace. Which, yeah, which means um, he'll probably have to go uh, undergo Tommy John surgery. And since his season is over, the only other contender for uh, for the Cy Young is Adam Wainwright. But the only thing Adam Wainwright has on Kershaw is wins and, well, you know, pitcher wins. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it will be a hard case for anybody to make uh, if they think that uh, Adam Wainwright should be getting the, uh, the Cy Young over Clayton Kershaw. Not going to happen. Yeah, I, I don't see it happening. And if it does... It'll not. It'll definitely be followed with some controversy. Um, I can tell you, someone who won't be getting the Cy Young, and that's uh, <laughs> our, <laughs> great segue, <laughs> yeah, right? Um, our uh, great friend Chris Capuano, who has been struggling as of late. Um, no way. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, Chris Capuano's last five starts. Um, our last four starts, I should say, have been atrocious. Um, the last solid start he had was in Chicago against the Cubs on August 3rd. He pitched 6.1 innings and only gave up six hits and no runs. And he had five strikeouts. Um, and that's a good outing. Yeah, that's a good outing for him. I mean, you can't ask for much more, especially for someone that's already 35 years old. Um but after that, I mean, the last start he had was August 9th against Tampa Bay, and he went 4.1 innings and gave up six runs. After that was against the Mets. He went five innings, gave up four runs. After that, it was in Miami on August 20th, five innings, three runs. And then the debacle against Boston, he uh, went five innings and gave up three runs. So 
in 19.1 innings, he's given up uh, 16 runs. Uh, you know, unfortunately for Capuano, that's just that's that's terrible. I mean, <laughs> it's it's terrible for any pitcher, really. And you know, it, it, it's unfortunate for the Dodgers because in those last four starts, the Dodgers have had to dig deep into their bullpen. I mean, they've had to bring out Brandon League, who. You know, we're going to have a special segment for him today, too, just how bad he's been. Old but, friend, Brandon League. Oh, good old friend, Brandon League. But if you go and read the blog, um, piazzaparlor.tumblr.com, um, you'll see that I, I kind of did just a surface analysis of Capuano. And, you know, there, there really doesn't seem to be anything wrong with him. He hasn't lost any velocity on any of his pitches. I mean, in fact, he's picked up velocity on his quote-unquote fastball pitches, which are his uh, sinker and his slider. Um, you know, and, and his whiffs per swing, which is a stat that, you know, how many strikeouts he gets swinging strike, or yeah, how many strikes are swinging strikes. Um, you know, it's been consistent with last season, which he was actually pretty decent last season. He was so, more, I mean, I just remember the first half, he was just super effective. Yeah, and I mean, if you remember last season, he, he went into, I think it was towards the end of the season in August, he went into Miami and pitched a perfect game into seven innings. Right. So, I mean, it's not that he's a bad pitcher, and the fact that he's picked up velocity on, I mean, he's picked up a five-mile-per-hour velocity on his slider. You know, one or two, there's really not much of a difference, but an extra five miles an hour on a slider. I mean, that that's that's unbelievable for someone that's going to be 36 next year. A pitcher that's going to be 36 next year, usually drop in velocity. Um, so yeah, the only reasons I can think of are, you know, hitters may have figured him out, or, you know, it's a bad season, or last season was a fluke. And, or he's old. Yeah, or he's old. <laughs> the, the fortunate thing for the Dodgers is that um, this is the last year He's on contract, and um, the Dodgers and Capuano have a mutual option for 2014, which would be for $8 million. But um, it just seems like it would be a waste, especially since, um, you know, the Dodgers will have a healthy Stephen Fife, who's, when he came up this season, he's been a nice, nice change of pace. I think think he has shown his worth now. He's been solid. You know, not nothing amazing, nothing fantastic, but I mean, he definitely won't be number one or number two. But he's definitely a middle of the rotation, back end of the rotation starter. Um, he has the stuff. Yeah, he's and he's dependable. Well, he has been, though. I've heard he's been having a lot of trouble in the minor leagues in the past couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's not forget though. I mean, you know, every every pitcher has has bad outings, um, and he has been suffering with uh, shoulder burstitis uh, through most of the season. Um, but you know what happens in the minor leagues happens in the minors, and it's nothing to. Re- I mean, it's something to be concerned about, but it's nothing to worry about because he's shown that he can be, that he can pitch on a competitive level in the major in the major league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so with Fife being healthy in, uh, next season, and hopefully Billingsley is back, um, there's really no need for Capuano to be a starter. And then with the addition of Wilson, um, you know, Jansen being healthy, Belisario being good when we need him to be, Withrow and Howell being good. Um, Paco, Marmos, Paco, man. Yeah, let's not Paco's forget Paco. Uh, Paco Rodriguez and Carlos Marmol, you know, both finding their stride in the bullpen. Um, 
there really doesn't seem to be a need for a you know age 36 reliever who really doesn't offer much i mean when you bring someone out from the bullpen you're unless they're a, a middle reliever you're kind of you just want them to get the one two three out which is why you have most relievers that come out don't really have much of a, a pitching repertoire a repertoire <laughs> english um you know they have a sinker cutter fastball maybe a change um and the reason is because relievers are just supposed to go out there and pitch as hard as they can as effectively as they can um that's their job that's what they get paid to do and you know there's really doesn't really make much sense to pay eight million dollars for a finesse relief pitcher uh, in case you don't know what a finesse pitcher is, a pit, finesse pitcher is someone who doesn't have the traditional four-seamer, two-seamer fastball. Um, they rely more on uh, fastball pitches that have a lot of movement, like a sinker and a slider. Basically, they rely more on tricks than power. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, they're definitely the more um, yeah trickier pitchers to hit. Um, but since we're talking about uh, useless contracts, <laughs> dang, you're on it with these segues right now, man. Yeah, compared to last night's uh, uh, crummy recording, uh, I seem to be uh, coming along. But um, Brandon League, <laughs> no, 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 old friend, Brandon League, old friend. Ah, we hello, love, old friend. We love us some Brandon League. Um, Brandon League. Uh, <laughs> it seems like every time you say his name, you have to follow it by. Uh. Where do I begin? Um, since August 2nd, uh, Brandon League has pitched 5.7 innings, and he's given up seven runs. And, yeah, that's just, that's bad. You you just... It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's real bad. Um, yeah, I mean, last season just seemed to be a seemed to have been a fluke. Um, there was all this talk about why the Dodgers would, would sign a broken reliever. I mean, he had struggles in Seattle, and it was apparent to everybody. But I don't know. The Dodgers decided to pick him up. I mean, they they probably needed the relief help because Jansen was, had his heart problems. Uh, Javi Guerra wasn't doing too well. So they needed someone. And league struggled initially with the Dodgers last season and then he pulled through towards the end of the season and Coletti doing Coletti things thought that warranted him a three year $21 million contract and now we're uh, now we're looking at a Brandon League who sucks for the next (laughs) two years Um, I did the same kind of surface level analysis with Brandon League uh, like I did with Capuano and same thing with league i mean his velocity has remained the same on his sinker and slider um you know he's thrown in a forcing fastball and a changeup, but those have only count accounted for barely one percent just a little over one percent of his pitches thrown this season so again the only thing i can think of is that maybe hitters have figured him out or last season was last season was a fluke and this is just one bad season amongst many bad seasons for brandon league um, I think the, for league also, it's sort of just collapsed onto himself. Um, I just remember when he was going through his hard slump, when he was still the Dodgers' closer, he just did not look like a confident pitcher. He just, I mean, anything, a base hit, 
a walk, anything would just completely throw him off after. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I, I have to imagine, I mean, I, I've, the closest I came to playing competitive baseball was in eighth grade, um, but I, I was never a pitcher, and when you're that young, you don't, you don't have the whole park booing at you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you go to these games and Brandon Lee comes out and it's like, you know, a gro- collective groan from 56,000 people. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that's got to rattle the nerves. And even if you do, you know, zone, like just zone out and, and focus on your pitching, you know, you're under the scrutiny of so many people until your outing is done. And you can definitely strike out the first two, but the moment you give up a base hit, if you're Brandon League, you know, you're you're on a short leash, and it's got to suck knowing that when you're on the mound. Now, this is not me coming to his defense because yeah, he still sucks. I was about to say, we're, it's not like we feel sorry for him at all. <laughs> yeah, because, like I said, a reliever has one job, and that's to get guys out. Um, and if you can't do that, then, you know, you could join Matt Career with the Cubs. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, unfortunately for the Dodgers, they're stuck for the next two uh, two years. I believe he has $16, 15000000 million left on his contract. And the only way they're going to get rid of him is if they find some sap of a team to pick him up. That's and they eat that whole contract. Exactly. And that's just not going to happen. Um, and it's unfortunate because the Dodgers could definitely use that money. I mean, you, they have Kershaw, who's going to be... Uh, coming off salary arbitration after this season and any money you can save to throw towards a Kershaw contract I mean not only will Kershaw love it but so will so will Dodger fans I mean this is the I mean Kershaw is the face of the franchise I mean you want to talk about Matt Kemp but you know Matt Kemp is definitely a great center fielder he's a great outfielder he's a great player um but if you're going to talk about, and maybe this is up for debate, but if you want to talk about the face of the Dodger franchise for years to come, it's going to be Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think this season has definitely proved that. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I, I'm willing to predict that Kershaw is going to be, you know, is he's going to have a record-setting contract and it's going to hover around $200 million. If yeah. I mean... He's going to win the Cy Young, and if he wins the MVP, I mean, it, the Dodgers are going to have a hard time trying to convince anyone why he doesn't deserve north of two hundred million. He just, just give him all, all the money. Just give him all of it. All the money, every all, money, all, every monies, every, every monies. You know, just everything. If it looks like money, give it to him. Just, just fill up the Dodgers Stadium infield with. Hundred dollar bills, and let him swim in it because that's what he deserves. Yes, he, he's definitely worth it. Um, you know, and and not only is his contract uh, coming up, but you know, after the twenty fourteen season, you know, we're gonna have to look at Hanley Ramirez. Um, you know, there are some prospects coming up like Zach Lee and Jock Peterson. Um, also, oh man, I just heard the news today. Uh, Seeger's yeah, Corey Seeger. Looks like he's going to be coming up soon as well. So, um, you know. Relatively soon. Yeah. So, I mean, you have these prospects coming up who are going to, you know, have to prove their worth. And if they do, the money's going to need to be there. And, you know, letting Capuana go is fine. 
finding a way to get rid of league and the stink of the, his contract <laughs> will be nice as well. But uh, yeah, so hopefully, uh, you know, Dodgers are able to pull it together tomorrow. Um, hopefully, Velasco uh, throws another gem of a game. Um, and lock Kershaw down, bro. Yeah, but definitely wipe, uh, wipe the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, definitely lock Kershaw down. That's that's what's needed. Um, we done with the main dish? I believe so. That was a delicious dish. Mm. Oh, now on to dessert. Let's go to dessert, bro. Um, so what are we news got? around the NL West? Um, Dodgers lost today, won three, but they. With that loss, they are... 3-2, actually, bro. Oh, 3-2. My bad. 3-2. Let me refresh my, uh, my page. Yes, Dodgers lost 3-2. Um, with that loss, I believe they're now 9 up on the uh, Diamondbacks. But, yeah, Diamondbacks are going against the Padres, and Diamondbacks are winning. All right, let me check. Before you give news, people, if uh, you ever do a podcast, make sure you refresh your page. Yeah, this is compelling. Really good stuff we're getting here. Um, Diamondbacks and Padres are tied uh, 9-9 going into the bottom of the 10th. Wow. Yeah. That's Which insane. I really don't – I mean, I hope the Padres end up beating the the Diamondbacks. But, you know, Diamondbacks are playing the Padres. Giants are playing the Rockies. So any losses is, is a good loss. Yeah, I mean, I'm really just – I have no concern about it. Um the Dodgers are most likely going to win tomorrow. I highly doubt they're going to drop two to the Cubs. Well, stranger things have happened in baseball. I mean, the Dodgers. <laughs> I mean, the, the Dodgers are, are. You know, if if Arizona wins, the Dodgers will be, I believe, eight and a half up on Arizona going into September. Um, and I mean, if you remember two years ago, the Cardinals were nine games out of the wild card spot, rallied through September, clinched the wild card, and then just smoked everybody in the playoffs and won the World Series. So, you know, anybody that says baseball is boring, yeah, the season is boring, but come September and playoffs, it's exciting. The most and, exciting thing ever. You know, you can't really count a team out until the playoffs start. <laughs> until the World Series starts. Yeah, exactly. So the magic number for the Dodgers still 23. Uh, they have 23 games to win to clinch the division. With 32 games left to go, um, it's looking good. I mean, yeah, it it's looking good um, for the first time in a long time. Very long time. I mean, last year was exciting because the Dodgers had a chance to make the playoffs after a terrible season. Um, I really can't complain how the Dodgers went out last season. I mean, they rallied back hard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was but, fun. You know. Last season doesn't compare to how this season has been. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about just exciting baseball. I mean, the Dodgers have provided plenty of that. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so tied 9-9 in, uh, in Arizona right now. Um, the Giants beat the Rockies 5-3, but that doesn't matter because uh, the Rockies, San Diego, and San Francisco are way back. Colorado 16 games out. Uh, San Diego's 18 and San Francisco's 19. So the only real uh, quote-unquote threat to the Dodgers is is Arizona. But the Dodgers will be facing Arizona shortly. Um, That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be extremely exciting. Um, taking a look at their schedule right now. It's, and 
Cubs tomorrow, then weekend. We, there's there's Padres, yeah. Yeah. So the Dodgers won't be facing Arizona until September 9th, and that will be at Dodger Stadium. And then they'll have a four-game series against the uh, Giants, and then they'll have a four-game series against Arizona in Arizona from September 16th through September 29th or September 19th. So uh, there's at least there are at least seven more games against Arizona. Um, hopefully the Dodgers maintain a strong lead. Hopefully um, they gain some ground during the, those two series. Yeah, exactly. I mean that's that's really what's important is the Dodgers gain some ground against Arizona. I mean the the NL West is is pretty much set in stone for these two teams right. um, and it'll be up to the Dodgers to you know write their own fate um, general Word. baseball news today's been a slow news day um, the big well, news there's some decent t- tidbit of news for the Dodgers is uh, uh, the Bison himself ran the base today for the first time in I don't know oh, years right. maybe like four or five years I don't know <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Um, Matt Kemp ran the bases today, and um, from what I heard, Mattingly, Kemp, everyone seemed to have felt really good about it. Um, there's a uh, word going around that he'll probably play, he'll have a rehab assignment in uh, Rancho Cucamonga. In Rancho Cucamonga starting on Thursday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kemp has had, it, it's been a rough season for Kemp. Um, you know, he's he's been injured for most of the season, and. According to True Blue LA, he will have missed uh, 126 of the Dodgers' last 260 games. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of games. Yeah, he's that's been, a he, lot of baseballs. That is, um, and it's unfortunate because when he finally did come back, um, he seemed to have found his stride again. Oh, for sure, man. I just remember the the game that's the one game he played after he came off the DL for the second time. It was just like watching, uh, you know. I, I can't really say vintage Kemp, but, you know, Kemp from 2011. He, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, one, almost 40-40 one Kemp. Yeah, one hit short of the cycle. He was running hard. He was hitting the ball hard. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I think it was, he, he, he was in the – God, I can't even remember how many games he had played, but he had hit somewhere around, like, three home runs in three games. Yeah, and, I think it was exactly that. And, I mean, that was kind of the pace he was on at the beginning of the 2011 season. Yeah, so it was super exciting. And then it just everything collapsed uh, with his ankle. <laughs> yeah, he collapsed on his ankle. Um, well, I was but, talking about more like the world around us. Yeah, so I mean, you know, Kershaw. I mean, not Kershaw Camp. Um, you know, hopefully he'll come back to us come September. And you know, I, I everyone seems excited, and it'll be exciting to have Camp, Ramirez, Puig. I mean, just the full thick lineup of the Dodgers. That lineup is going to look so deep and oh. just so intimidating. Yeah, I mean, if you if you think about it, I mean, Crawford leading off, Puig, Camp, Gonzalez, Ramirez, Ethier. Not well. You can't have all of the outfielders at once. No, no, you definitely can't. But I mean, <laughs> you have. I mean, with with <laughs> that would be great, wouldn't it? I know. <laughs> um, but I mean, if you think about it, I mean. Crawford, Puig, Ethier, Kemp. One of those guys, you have their bat on the bench. What a, what a, man, what a tool to have off the bench. Exactly. So, other than that, I mean, just general baseball news, um, other than Matt Harvey being shut down, it's been kind of a slow news day for baseball, but um, 
Dodgers are moving some uh, minor leaguers around. Corey Seager is coming up. Uh, Playing the Arizona Fall League. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you're going to have uh, Jock Peterson, Zach Lee. They're definitely going to be coming up soon as well. So The future. Other, yeah, other than that, um, it's been a slow news day. Um, any news with you, man? Yeah, just, uh, you know, same old stuff. Just trying to make sure that the kids at the school I work at aren't dumb. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> um, in case uh, anybody we don't know is listening, uh, both Aron and I uh, are TAs at elementary schools down the street from each other. And, yeah, you know, you get some really bright kids, and then you get some kids that are... Uh, well, well, let's not say them there. Yeah, they're, 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 they're good kids. <laughs> it's a great... Just, it's a great job, but, you know. Anyways, just, uh, yeah, just doing that. Uh, busy with the whole music thing. I play in a band, for those that don't know. We're recording an EP right now, and when it's done, you know, I'll give myself a little plug on this here podcast. Right on, right on. How about you, dude? Um, not much. I'm finishing up my uh, quarter right now uh, at school. Um but yeah, no, not much. I've just been busy with work and with school, and uh, I'm gonna be uh, for those of you that may have some interest in what I write on the Piazza Parlor blog. Um, if any of you happen to venture over to SB Nation, I'm gonna be writing some fan posts for a True Blue LA. Um, give them a read if you like them. Give them a thumbs up. They call them Rex over there. Give it a rec, comment. I'll definitely try to comment as often as possible. Um, this whole uh, baseball blogging and baseball podcasting has uh, definitely caught my interest, and it's something I know, something I love talking about. Um, and I'm sure my girlfriend will appreciate me uh, chewing someone else's ear off about baseball as opposed to hers. It's pretty shocking you have a girlfriend, considering. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. Um, I guess the big news is that, uh, you know, my girlfriend, when we first started going out, uh, I remember she told me that she hated baseball, she couldn't stand it, and uh, over the weekend, uh, very, very coy, like, she's like, I have a confession to make, and I'm thinking, like, oh, God, no, please, no, don't, don't, don't say the P word, and she, uh, she ended up telling me, <laughs> I, <laughs> she's like, I think I like baseball, which was the, uh, the biggest surprise to me, um, Prior to recording this podcast, she was uh, giving me some updates on Granke's uh, outing last night, and she was mentioning his pitch count going into the seventh inning, which was a big surprise because that's something that she wouldn't have been able to tell you uh, around the same time last year. So, uh, big news. <laughs> well done. Well done, dude. Yeah, yeah. Give yourself a nice it. pat on the back. This is the all best right. news I've heard all week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you could teach someone anything about baseball and they're able to uh, watch it, appreciate it, and know what they're watching, um, it, it's definitely a, a yeah, nice feeling. It's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Hey, speaking of, you were talking about blogs and stuff earlier. Uh, why don't we throw out the, some of our favorite Dodger blogs and or just plain baseball blogs? Uh, oh, yeah. So if uh, you're interested in uh, reading about baseball but don't know where to start, um, some great places to look at are... Uh, True Blue LA. It's a great Dodger community on SB Nation. Um, it's interactive. Um, you know, it, it's for the. Uh, it's not. It's not for the uh, the general baseball fan. I mean, if you're a casual fan. You like reading about the Dodgers. It's definitely the place to go for news. Um, 
But if you want to maybe just touch on um, a little more, you know, sabermetric stuff, it's in there as well. Um, it's a really good community, very interactive. Um, uh, another one that uh, I read and I know Aron reads is uh, Mike Sosha's Tragic Illness. That's my personal favorite Dodger blog for sure. Definitely. I, I agree with you. Um, it, it's definitely my favorite. Um, it's well written. It's funny. It's insightful. Um, it's worth reading because it's, you know, Mike uh, Mike Petriello, who is the writer, um, he's up to date on his Dodger news and he provides great analysis. Um and it, it's it's objective enough. He's definitely not a uh, homer, if you will. Um, he's not always rooting for uh, the Dodgers. I mean, he's always rooting for the Dodgers, but if someone's struggling, he'll definitely call them out on it. Um, he does go into some heavy stats once in a while, but it's if you don't know what he's talking about, um, you won't get lost in what you're reading. It's definitely something that you can... It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely accessible. Yes, ex- exactly. Um, that one's at uh, MikeSocialistTragicHomeless.com and also on Twitter, you just follow Mike Petriello. Yes, and if you're actually, if you want to follow uh, True Blue LA, uh, I believe the Twitter handle is at Eric Steven. Uh, I think so, Twitter. yeah. I think that's it's, right. Uh, yeah, at Eric Steven. It's uh, S-T-E-P-H-E-N. He's one of those Stevens. <laughs> uh, uh, I want to mention one. Yeah, um, go for it. It's actually a relatively new blog. I'd say maybe even just maybe a month old now. Um, this guy, Tony Jackson, who's actually a veteran beat reporter, um, started up this new one called Dodger Scribe. Have you looked into that yet, Xavier? Uh, you know, I've heard of it, but I haven't. Um, I haven't looked into it yet. I'm actually looking at it right now. Oh, it's. I'm gonna add it to my favorites yeah absolutely add it to your favorites read it every day it's awesome um as much as I love Mike Petriello uh this guy Tony Jackson gets some really cool behind the scenes stuff that obviously Petriello can't do because he's all the way on the east coast um so I've definitely added this to my everyday read uh list and it's cool because he does you know the normal stuff the game recaps you know any news he offers his commentary on that but I think one of the coolest things that he does is that he gets videos of, you know, behind-the-scenes videos, whether it's interviews with the players or, you know, uh, anyone working out, working on anything, like, come from the bases, things like that. Uh, and he'll post them up on his blog, and it's awesome. It's just really cool. You feel like you're almost there with the players, and um, you definitely should look into dodgerscribe.com. Awesome. So, yeah, so that's just if you're a Dodger fan. Oh, don't forget, there's also a Chad Moriyama. Yes, um, of course. He's, you know, he's, there's, there's some baseball analysis that he does, but um, he's more of a Twitter personality. Um, and he. Uh, he's, he's really good with analysis, though, when he's yeah. not joking around on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, he, he took a look into uh, when Matt Kemp was in the lineup and struggling. He took a look into uh, some analysis of, uh, you know, Analyzed uh, his timing, the timing on his swing, and you can definitely notice that um, because of uh, Kemp's injury, he had to compensate his swing to minimize the pain. Um, and because of that, his timing was off all season, and it really explained um, a lot, you know, as to why he was struggling. I mean, he just he couldn't find his timing mechanism again. So um, 
Definitely look at Chad Moriyama. Um, yeah, find him on Twitter. I think he has two sites. Chad Moriyama is more of the Dodgers-based one, I think. And then there's MLB GIFs where you pretty much just go on there and laugh your ass off looking at all the crazy stuff that baseball players do. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a nice thing. I mean, the it, it, GIFs seem to have placed the old uh, baseball blooper reel. So. <laughs> Gotta love those GIFs. Yeah. Um, but other than that, those are the Dodger... Uh, the Dodger... Uh, blogs we read there uh the productive outs podcast which is a good it's definitely a great podcast i mean podcast and twitter and tumblr man <laughs> if you if you want to listen to two dudes do a better job of what we're doing right now that's the that's the place to go absolutely um riley breckenridge of productive outs um has uh he does a, a well actually i think this was the last week he did the Battle for LA uh, Yeah, segment. it was the last one. Um, Unfortunately. I the website. Do you know the website to that one? Uh, I think it's on the SCORE. It's part of the SCORE network. I don't know the actual site. But, yeah, it's definitely funny. He takes a look into the uh, the Southern California – or not Southern California, but greater LA region baseball, uh, looking at the Angels and the Dodgers. Um, you know, it's funny. It's hilarious. Um it's well written. And it's a shame that it will be in a war. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to miss looking at uh, rotting pumpkins photoshopped in the Don Mattingly's face. The, the, what did you call it, Mattel Lantern? <laughs> so funny. But yeah, definitely uh, uh, look into Productive Outs, uh, their Tumblr. Definitely look into the Twitter. It's a great follow. And their podcasts, if that's what you're into, which I'm pretty sure you are because you're listening to this. And also uh, give us a look at uh, give a look at our blog on piazzaparlortumblr.com um, Plug I, uh, I, you know, it started off as a personal baseball blog um, So you'll see some posts there that, uh, you know, they, they really are a little more stat heavy than the current one Which discusses Capuano and League um, But, yeah, take a look at it, you'll definitely enjoy it um, And, yeah, follow us at uh, piazzaparlor.com or at Piazza Parlor on Twitter as well. Uh, we're gonna have a uh, a Facebook coming up pretty soon once one of us gets around to it. Yeah, um, yeah. So you can definitely look us up on Facebook. We'll we'll, we'll be know. all over the internet, all over yeah. it. Yeah, you'll you'll know when when it's up. We'll let you know. But yeah, with that, uh, we're gonna jump straight into uh, my commentary on Yasiel Puig. Let's wrap it up, B. All right, so. Yasiel Puig uh, joined the Dodgers in early June. I believe it was June 2nd or 3rd. And um, since then, you know, the Dodgers have definitely turned around their season. And a lot of people attribute that to Yasiel Puig. And um, early on, I was on the Puig train, and it was great. But there were a few things that that rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I was okay with him swinging away at a... Sliders that are swinging at down and away sliders. Um, I was okay with his defensive miscues, missing the cutoff man, you know, throwing to home instead of throwing to second, um, things like that. But as time went on, you know, I was expecting for those mistakes to correct themselves, and it really seemed like they weren't because the Dodgers were on a winning streak and his mistakes weren't really costing the Dodgers big games. Um, and this flashiness, this almost arrogance really started to come out. And 
um, if anyone had been following Dodger blogs or Dodger news, um, there was there was a lot of talk about his immaturity or his maturity level, especially when he was in Double A Chattanooga, um, and they really those maturity uh, problems really started to show themselves early on in his career. Um, but one thing I started to think about recently was that um, I started to think about Deion Sanders from the Dallas Cowboys and uh, anybody that watched football or own, I know football is definitely your favorite sport. What? Football? What's... You, what? I, is this like baseball's some... I don't... I, I brain confused. Can't talk. <laughs> well, um... Yeah, Deion Sanders played for the Dallas Cowboys when the Dallas Cowboys were good and... Deion Sanders had uh, his on-field persona and off-field persona. His off-field persona was this really humble guy, and that's who he truly was, a really humble guy. But on the field, he was uh, flashy. He was arrogant. So anyway, so Deion Sanders, he had his uh, on-field persona, and he called it Showtime. Um, And he was just really flashy, really in-your-face. And um, people either loved it or people hated it. And... Um, what made it work was that he was good, really good, and he that gave him the uh, the credence to to be that way. Um, now Yasiel Puig is good; he's really good, and I'm starting to come around. I'm starting to like him more and more because, from what I hear, he's genuinely a nice dude off the field. I mean, he's still 22 years old; he's still a kid. But if he is going to be the nice guy off the field and be Showtime Puig on the field, I can deal with that. I can be okay with that. Um, If he wants to be flashy, you know, running into the wall, trying to catch the ball, you know, sliding into third and posing, um, (laughs) then I I can definitely be okay with that. Um, The things I can't be okay with, though, are, you know, his defensive miscues. I mean, it helps that he has a, you know, an arm touched by God, and he can make a throw from right field to third dead on to get the out. Um, but some things I would like to see from him are definitely uh, some more plate discipline, um, some more, uh, some better uh, uh, defense mechanics. But other than that, you're gonna hear it here first. I have converted to uh, our Lord Savior, Savior Puigsis. All hail Puigsis. All hail uh, King Uribe and Lord Puigsis. In the name of the Father, the Uribe, and the Holy Puigsis. Amen. 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 All right, so with that, we're going to be wrapping it up. Um, again, thanks for uh, those of you that listened. Uh, hopefully, All you got, two of you. Yeah, all two of you, uh, which is me. Hi, hi Mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, hi uh, Melissa. Hey, Javi. <laughs> Um, but no, uh, definitely. Thanks for listening. Um, you know, if you like what you hear, uh, expect to hear more of us. Um, follow us on Twitter at Piazza Parlor. Uh, follow us on uh, Tumblr, piazzaparlor.tumblr.com. Until uh, next week, well, man. And also, uh, we do have an email address. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, shoot us an email. We'll read it on air next time. So just find us at piazzaparlor at gmail.com. And yeah, until next time, uh, I'll see you later, man. I, I guess I...
won't see you, but I'll talk to you later. <laughs> yeah, talk to you later, man. All right. Peace.